Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. His faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations, and nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear, from out of the past from the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver, the Lone Ranger rides again! One Silver! Hurry, big fellow! I'm Silver! Boy! The Lone Ranger's nephew, Dan Reed, had been left in school in California. He roomed with a boy his own age, a boy named Bob Gerson. From time to time, after their studying was finished, Bob questioned Dan about the months he'd spent in the saddle with the Lone Ranger and Tonto. If I'd travel with the Lone Ranger, I'd be talking all the time, Dan. Hang it all, what does it take to get you to talk about the Lone Ranger's adventures? I don't know, Bob. I guess maybe I don't talk about them because it makes me... Well, sort of... Sort of what? Well, lonesome. And don't laugh at me. No, Dan, I won't laugh. I know how you feel. I get that way, too. If it weren't the Lone Ranger want me to stay here and get all the book learning I can get, I'd clear out. No, you wouldn't. No? Mm-mm. You wouldn't clear out because you're not a quitter. Well, how do you know? Because I know you. Well, the Lone Ranger wouldn't have much use for a quitter. Nor would anyone else. That's what the Lone Ranger told one of his friends. What's that? Don't be a quitter. No one has any use for a quitter. 
Old Jim was just about ready to give up and go back east when a Lone Ranger told him to hang on. Who in the world is old Jim? Jim Plunkett. He had a cattle ranch. But he'd run into a lot of hard luck and he was in debt and just about ready to fold up. I remember the day we stopped there at his place. You and the Lone Ranger? Yeah, and Tallow, too. The three of us met Jim on the range and rode up to the house with him. That was when the Lone Ranger gave him a talking to, and he sure called a spade a spade. Anyone can quit, Jim. Takes a man to stick it out. Nearly everyone out here started with nothing. The weaklings will go back east and stay broke. The strong men will stay here and fight to riches. I could fight a fair fight, but hang it, I, I can't fight a man like Bloodworth, that crook. Bloodworth? He just about owns a town. He's got a mortgage in my place. He's done a lot to try and lick me. I can't fight both power and money. Jim, there's a house just ahead. Martha's on the porch. Hmm. She seems to be waiting for me. There's a strange horse at the side. Must be news of some sort. It uh, might be good news. Might be bad. We'd better hurry. Now, wait. I, I want a promise from you. But I... Before we get there, before you learn the news, I want your promise that you'll stick. You'll fight Bloodworth to the end. Well, I... You won't take Martha back east to be laughed at. I'll stick. I'll stick till Bloodworth puts me where I can't fight any longer. Good. Now come on and get that news. Come on, Silver. Get up, Victor. Tonto had a curious expression on his face when we rode up the house. I could tell he knew that the stranger brought good news. And Jim knew it was good news, too, with a happy smile on his wife's face. We dismounted and went into the house, where Martha introduced Colonel Greentree. And these people are friends of ours, Tonto and Dan Reed and... <laughs> and the masked man, huh? Oh, I... Uh, looky here, Colonel Greentree. This masked man is... A friend of yours, Plunkett. That's all that's necessary. I was told he was a friend. He, he was told? I'll get to the point at once. I'm a buyer of beef for the army. Oh. Reliable sources told me to come here and examine your stock. Well, I, I can take you out in the range right away. I've got some prime beef. That won't be necessary, Plunkett. You see, there was someone else who was anxious to sell the government. A man named Bloodworth. That he seemed to have a lot of influence. So to prevent making a mistake, we had men inspect all of the stock around here. It was done rather secretly by men who took jobs as cowhands. Remember the man who worked for us a couple of weeks ago, Jim? Sure enough. We've decided that yours is the beef we want. Oh, sure glad of that. You, of course, can give us a clean record and clear title? Mm, sure I can. A necessary precaution. We can't do business with crooks, you know. Well, of course not. Now, here's a letter authorizing you to deliver the beef and the price we'll pay per pound. And, Jim, it'll pay up everything we owe and give us a profit to boot. Here's a high price. The army gets the best, Plunkett, and Uncle Sam's willing to pay for it. You want the contract? Want it? By ginger, I feel like hog tying you so you won't change your mind. Oh, that won't be necessary. I'll see you at the station in two weeks. That's when the army will take delivery. Yes, sir, that beef will be there. And so will your money. Good day. Good day, Colonel Greentree. Good day, Mrs. Plunkett. Goodbye, sir. Uh, you had a hand in this. Dag Nabbit, I know you did. I might have dropped a word or two about a man who was honest. <laughs> what if I hadn't promised to stick it out here? What then? And Jim, you'd have disappointed me. I wanted you to promise to stick it out before you heard the good news. Hey, there's several men outside. Ah, uh, here, three horses. I look out the window. I'll never be able to thank you. Now I'll be able to pay Bloodworth. Jim, Ma Jim, it's the sheriff. Sheriff? What's he doing here? And two deputies are with him. 
Come in, Sheriff. I figured on it, ma'am. Howdy, Jim. Sheriff, is there anything wrong? Uh, I'm afraid so. I... Oh, these are friends of mine. Uh, do many of your friends wear a mask? I think I'm the only one, Sheriff. Did you see Colonel Greentree riding away? I saw someone. Is that who it was? He, too, is a friend of mine. Maybe in view of things, I should take you along, too. Along? Uh-huh. Jim, I've got to take you. Take me? Where? Why? I'm sorry, Martha, but it's my job and I've got no choice. Maybe there's nothing to it. I sure hope so. To what? Stop being so mysterious. Jim, where were you last night? Uh, right here at home. Why? Didn't go to town at all? No. Well, I never knew you to lie. Hope you're telling the truth right now. Why? I've got to take you in to account for a murder. Murder? No, no, no. Uh, who was killed? Hank Donner. That no good buzzard. Jim, there's witnesses. Witnesses be hanged. They lie. Martha will be a witness for me and she'll tell the truth. Judge Barton won't let any innocent man hang. I'll go with you. I don't know about you. You leave that masked man alone. Jim is going to need friends outside of jail, isn't he, Sheriff? Yeah, I'm afraid he is. And I'll stay on the outside. I got no cause to arrest you, but that mask is downright suspicious. People have said that before. Jim, it's Bloodworth's work. Wait a minute, Sheriff. Who are those witnesses that claim to have seen Jim? Reed Fernaldo and Red Orson. Both of them friends of Bloodworth. Many a time their guns have talked for Bloodworth's money. Witnesses. <laughs> Judge Barton will throw them out of court. Bloodworth can bring up a dozen of their breed, but it won't prove anything in a fair trial. Well, I hope so, Martha. And I hope it's a fair trial. Come on, Jim. Don't worry, Martha. The judge knows me. Just one of Bloodworth's schemes to bother us. Oh, they can't prove it, can they? Tell me they can't. Bloodworth seems to know that Jim is getting the cattle deal. So that's why he's framed Jim? You heard what the colonel said, Martha. If Jim is proved a criminal, the government can't buy from him. But they can't prove it, can they? Toto, Dan, and I are going to camp nearby. We'll watch things. Bloodworth ran the bank, and he was the real owner of the cafe. But a half-breed named Fernaldo ran the cafe for him. And Fernaldo's pal was an ugly-looking, weasel-faced man called Orson. They called him Red because of his hair. And the Lone Ranger found out afterward how Bloodworth went to the cafe and went into the rear room. Then he sent for Breed Fernaldo and Orson. Uh, everything goes slick, Mr. Bloodworth. Sit down, Breed. You want Orson here, too, no? Yes. Well, what's the trouble? Anything gone wrong? Uh, not yet, and I don't propose to let anything go wrong. People are say Jim Plunkett not be fine guilty. They say Judge Barton threw me and Red Orson out court and not let us be witnesses. I know that. Well, maybe we could bribe the jury. No. Couldn't bribe everyone on the jury. And I've got to have a conviction against Plunkett. Otherwise, he'll sell his beef at a high price, pay off his mortgage... And I'll lose my chance to get his property. To say nothing of chance to sell your own beef to the army. Are you sure the army won't deal with him if he's convicted of a crime? Of course, I'm sure. Of course, I sure hope you've got plan. Boys, a verdict of the jury will depend on the way the trial is handled. Sure will. If the judge doesn't let you two testify and rules out other evidence, Plunkett will go free. If he handles it as we want him to, Plunkett will be convicted. Yeah. So it's up to us to see that Judge Barton is not in charge. Yeah, Barton's on the level. I know that. He'd throw me and Breed out of his court. He's got no use for us. That's why we can't let Barton sit on this trial. 
You two have got to give your testimony. But Barton will sit on the trial. Only time Squint Slavin tries a case is when Barton ain't around. Barton won't be around for Plunkett's trial. You got this arranged, boss? That breed has been arranged. Uh, hey, Mr. Bloodworth. I'm busy. Close that door. Uh, Mr. Bloodworth, there's a gent asking for you. It's a colonel from the army. Colonel Greentree. Oh, 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 that's different. Uh, excuse me, boys. I'll uh, go and talk to the colonel. Well, 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 Colonel Greentree. That's right. I just heard about the arrest of Jim Plunkett. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, won't you sit down over here and let me treat? Thank you. I'll finish my business in a moment. It's hardly worthwhile to be seated. As you know, there have been some negotiations to buy beef for the Army. Oh, I had hoped to get the contract, but of course I was glad to hear that Plunkett got it if I couldn't. Plunkett won't get it if the charges against him are proved. Oh. In that case, we'll have to buy from you. Have you made any commitments as yet? Uh, no, sir. I'd be pleased to sell my beef to the Army. Uh, when is Plunkett's trial? I think it'll come up the day after tomorrow. The court here doesn't waste any time, and the chances are that a decision will be rendered the same day. Good. And I'll remain in town for the verdict. Say there, Bloodworth. I want to talk to you. Judge Barton, I'm glad to see you. Uh, shake hands with Colonel Greentree. Howdy, Colonel. Delighted, Judge Barton. Bloodworth, what's this about Jim being held for murder? I guess you know as much about it as I do, Judge Barton. Martha says he was at home all evening. Oh, well, that might be a point in his favor at the trial. I hope so. I'd hate to see Jim hang. Well, if he did, I suppose his deal with the government would be called off. Wouldn't it, Colonel Greentree? Of course. Martha couldn't sell the cattle? Uncle Sam can't deal with convicted criminals. I doubt if we could buy his stock from the wife. If Jim doesn't sell that livestock, I suppose there'd be no chance of him or his wife after him paying off the mortgage. Would there, Bloodworth? Well, I don't know, Judge Barton. You don't? Nope. But if the mortgage isn't paid, you'd foreclose, huh? Oh, I could if I chose to do so. Now, I wonder, Colonel Greentree, just who you'd get the cattle from if you didn't take Jim's. We'd take the second best. Probably Bloodworth. Oh, by Ginger Bloodworth, I don't see why you should feel bad about Jim's trouble. Seems to me it's a doggone good break for you. Come on, Colonel Greentree. I'll walk to your hotel with you. Splendid. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. Bloodworth. Uh, good evening, Colonel. Good evening, Judge. Bye. I'll tell you a few things about Mr. Bloodworth. Oh, yes, Orson. What was Barton talking about? I saw him with you. Uh, it's just as I said. If Jim Plunkett comes before him, he'll go free. But Plunkett won't be tried before Judge Barton. That's all fixed. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue our story. Dan Reed, in his room at school, was telling his friend about one of the Lone Ranger's adventures. That night, the Lone Ranger sat up, staring into the fire for a long time. Tano and I fell asleep while he was still there. And the next morning, a distant train whistle wakened me. <laughs> What's that? Oh, just a train, Dan. <laughs> Golly, I forgot there were trains in the West. Someone's leaving town, I... Heard the train stop. Why, the sun is up. 
I've overslapped. No reason to waken earlier, Dan. Where's Tano? He's gone to town. He's going to do some more scouting around. Oh. See, Jim comes up for trial tomorrow, doesn't he? Yes. Golly, I sure feel sorry for him. Poor fellow had to spend the night in jail. Are the sheriff's honest? Jim will have good treatment. Even so, it's a doggone shame. Hey, do you think Tano will learn anything new? If Tano doesn't learn something today, Dan, we're going to make a call on Bloodworth tonight. Fine. I intend to find out what that man's up to. If he won't talk, we'll find a way to make Fernaldo or Orson talk. A horse? It's coming this way and fast. It's Tano. Look at him come. He's got news. Dan, you saddle up. We may have to move in a hurry. Right. Oh, oh, Kimosabi. Yes? Judge Barton, get on board train. He did? Ah, me come here fast, tell you. Steady there, Victor. I've got Silver saddled. Victor will be ready in a jiffy. Here, Silver. Steady, big fella. When Dan's ready, both of you join me at Judge Barton's house. I'm going to call on his wife. Ah, you hurry, Dan. Cinch up. Right. Come on, Silver. When we got ready... Tano and I rode to a little white house where Judge Barton lived. As we drew rein, we saw Silver. Oh, 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 Lone Ranger in there now. Should we wait out here or go right in? Well, we go in. Maybe Lone Ranger want us. Better throw a hitch on his rein. Victor's pretty lively these days. There. That'll hold him. Uh, uh, that'll hold him. Tano... You're downright worried, aren't you? That's right, Dan. He not like way judge leave town. Uh, must have made up his mind to go at the last minute. He didn't tell anyone about it yesterday. Well, we know in a minute. I'm in, Tato and Dan. Oh, this is Mrs. Barton. Oh, how do you do, ma'am? How? The judge has often told me about the two friends of the Lone Ranger. I'm very pleased to know you. Judge uh, Barton had to send a telegram last evening. It came from Amaranth. Oh, that's the next town to the east of here, isn't it? Yes. There's a train from the east early tomorrow morning. The judge will return on that one. Oh, golly, that's good. He'll be here in time for the trial, then. Oh, yes, indeed. He wouldn't miss that. He doesn't have too much confidence in Judge Slavin. Uh, me hear about Judge Slavin. Him plenty crooked. Well, that, of course, well, The is... telegram must have been mighty important to get him away from here now. A dear friend of his was dying and wanted the judge to be at his side. Oh, Mercy. I suppose this is someone else to ask if the judge will return for the trial. People are so inquisitive. Jane Barton. Martha Plunkett. Oh, do come in, my dear. Where's the judge? Now, now, don't get excited, Martha. He'll be back in time for Where's the trial. Oh, oh, you're here. Thank goodness you know. Martha, the judge went to Amaranth. He'll be back on the train in the morning. Tomorrow morning? Yes. No, no, that won't do. They'll try Jim before Judge Slavin. Oh, I'm sure they will. But they will. Don't you know about it? The trial's been moved up. They're going to try Jim this very day. Martha, are you sure? Why, well, why do you think I came here without even stopping to saddle my horse? Jim's standing trial today, and they'll hang him as sure as I'm alive. Squint Slavin is owned, the same as Orson and Fernaldo. He's owned by Bloodworth. Wait, where are you going? Dan, stick with Tonto. I'm going to try to overtake that train. Silly big fella. Come on, Silver. hard to believe that a man on horseback would have any hope of overtaking a train, especially when a train's got a long head start. But the country was hilly and the train made a lot of curves, following the valley and avoiding the steep slopes. The Lone Ranger didn't follow the tracks at all. He cut through a valley and over a hill. Come on, Silver. Faster, boy. Faster. 
Silver scrambled up a narrow trail to the top of a hill, then started down the other side. There was sliding shale on it, and it might have been tough going. The Lone Ranger didn't make much of it when he told us, but we knew how dangerous it was. A single misstep, and Silver would have fallen. The Lone Ranger would have been thrown, and he wouldn't have a chance to save himself. But he knew his horse. Easy, Silver. Watch it, boy. Steady does it. Now we're at the bottom. Now you can go again. Come on, Silver. He gave Silver his head, and the stallion went like the wind. There was another hill in the valley, and still another hill. When the Lone Ranger reached the top of that one, he could see the train. He reined up and jumped to the ground. Oh, Silver, steady. I'll just check your cinch. Make sure everything's all right, Silver. We're going to make it, old fellow. There's a train coming around that bend. We can head it off. There we are. Steady. Now we'll travel again. Come on, Silver. Ranger came up to the tracks with a train just a little ahead. He called on Silver's reserve strength and rode up alongside the train. He watched each window as he came alongside. Then he saw Judge Barton. Barton! Barton! Let that train stop! Can't hear you! Stop that train! Stop that train! Tonto and I waited around hoping for some miracle that would bring the Lone Ranger and Judge Barton back. But the morning passed and nothing happened. Then people began to arrive at the courthouse. Tonto and I stood outside, watching. Mrs. Plunkett came up to us. Oh, Tonto, Daniel, what's to become of poor Jim? It's most time for the trial to start. Judge Slavin will make sure Jim's convicted. Oh, the Lone Ranger will do something, Mrs. Plunkett? But what can he do? Look, there goes Judge Slavin now. Arm in arm with that Mr. Bloodworth. Ah, uh, him crook. Here comes Colonel Greentree. Oh, oh, yes. How do you do, Mrs. Plunkett? I'm very sorry your husband's in this difficulty. Colonel Greentree, you don't think Jim did it, do you? What any of us think is of no importance. I must be governed by the outcome of the trial. But Jim was with me. Won't a jury take my word for it? It's your word against the word of two other witnesses. Of course, the jury can't help but feel that you'd be prejudiced. But I, I do hope Jim is acquitted. I'll see you inside. Good luck to you and to Jim. It was time for the trial to begin. Tonto and I went inside and stood at the rear of the small courtroom. Tonto, I haven't seen the judge come in yet. Where is he? Oh, him maybe in room on side. Him got private room there. Oh, goes into his private room from the outside, huh? That's right. Tonto, that's Victor. Uh, Did you hear him, Winnie? Uh, me hear him. Oh, I'd know his Winnie among a thousand. What do you think is wrong? I better take a look and see if he's all right. Well, me go too. Uh, excuse me, let me through, huh? If they close that door to this room, people will suffocate it so crowded. Well, that's right. Yeah, there's Victor, right alongside Scout. Wonder why he whinnied. Well, him all right. There, there he goes again. Tonto, that sounded like silver. Huh? Over this way, we go see. Let's hurry. Come on. Couldn't be two horses that sound the same. Look, it is silver. He's right by the door to the judge's office. The Lone Ranger's back. I wonder if he brought Judge Barton. Oh, me rap on door. Hello, Dan. Oh, golly, you're back. Did the judge... Now come ca- in the office, both of you. Barton and Slavin are both here. So are Red Orson and Fernaldo. Now that I'm back, Slavin, I'll handle this trial. You won't be needed around here. We lost time borrowing a horse from a rancher. Judge Barton and I arrived just a few minutes ago. Yeah, there's two crooked witnesses... What are they doing here? The judge had a talk with them. Now, stand over here and see what happens. 
crooked witnesses, Breed Fernaldo and Red Orson, were sent out to take their seats. And then, a minute later, Judge Barton took his place on the bench. Yeah, there was a little stir of surprise when the people saw that Judge Barton was to handle the trial. Order in the court! Yeah, from where we stood at the door, we could see Bloodworth sitting near the front. He was mighty surprised to see Judge Barton. The Lone Ranger turned to me and said... Then, stand a little to one side. I want to have my hand free. There might be fireworks. This might be a bit irregular, but before this trial opens, I want to call two men to the bench. Orson and Fernando, please stand and face the court. I have here in my hand two affidavits that were given me a few minutes ago. Now look at them and tell me if you recognize them. Orson, look at this one. Yeah, yeah I recognize it. Is this your signature? Yeah. Ronaldo, how about this? I signed this. You did? Well, now, suppose you tell me just why you signed it. You tell me if I come in court and tell a lie, you find out that I'd be guilty of perjury. If I do that, I'd be in tough spot. But you made this statement of your own free will in the court? Yes, I do it. We've not paid enough to take chance on perjury. I will now read the statements. They are similar and they account for the murder of Hank Donner. I he have a prosperous folk hat. He's got a gun. Oh, you got his shoulder. I got him, Judge. Hang on to accused of the murder of Hank Donner by eyewitnesses who have given their sworn affidavits. That will free Jim Plunkett. Oh, then he can sell us cattle. Yes. But what was in the affidavits? The judge got the truth from those two. Bloodworth killed Donner so he wouldn't have to pay a gambling loss. Then Bloodworth made Finaldo and Orson think they'd be charged with the murder if they didn't hang it on Jim. He paid them to testify that they saw Jim do the killing. Uh, plenty good thing, judge, come back. Yes, Tonto. Now get your horses and meet me in camp. I want to get away from here before we see Jim and Martha. I know they want to thank you. But what about the telegram the judge got from his friend in Amaranth? I think we'll find that it was sent by Bloodworth to get the judge out of town. And I'll see you both in camp. Steady, big fella. All right, big fella. Come on, Silver! Hail Silver!
The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated.